Welcome back to our High Five, where we're going to highlight five awesome things that are happening in the life of our church. So let's jump into it. Up at number five, our Brandon Outpost has been under some big renovations lately, and this past weekend, they reopened for services where they spent a sweet time in worship together. High five, Brandon, to what God will continue to do as we pray for one. In at number four, last Saturday, students from our Concord Outpost took a hike up the flume at Franconia Notch, where they took in great views together. This past Wednesday, students from our Manchester and Bedford outposts had a movie night where they watched Narnia and had root beer floats. If you're a student in grades 6 through 12, check out our student groups at church.one groups and high five you guys to more times like these. Here at number three, this past Sunday, our Bedford outpost had a luau where they enjoyed pulled pork and hot dogs, snow cones, tie-dyed t-shirts, and even had a barbecue sauce contest. High five Bedford to sharing God's love with your community. Here at number two, Kendall attended our Bedford outpost this past Sunday and decided that she was ready to respond to what God was calling her to do and be baptized. She claims the truth that her identity is in Christ and we're all celebrating that with her today. High five, Kendall. And finally, up at number one, we're celebrating Jackie and what God is doing in her life. Jackie has been attending One Church Online from Maine and recently decided to accept Jesus and be baptized. With friend Randy and a few of our staff members from One Church by her side, she was baptized in the pool of a local hotel. It was a beautiful celebration of her faith in Jesus. Way to go, Jackie. This high five goes out to you today. Thanks for joining us for our high five, and I can't wait to celebrate with you in the next one. Man, what a morning. A little, little rainy out there, but uh, it's nice and dry in here, and it's good to see all of you. I'm glad that we get to be here. I'm glad we get to worship God together, which is, is what it's all about. And we can get distracted. We can be worried about a whole lot of stuff, and maybe you are right now. May you, God, through his power, be able to set that aside so that we can hear what he wants us to hear. We all pray with me? Father God, I thank you for everyone here right now. Lord, I thank you that uh, you've given us life. Lord, I know that we're probably in all different places, um, and there's things that uh, we might be worried about. There's things that feel like we might be drowning, but Lord, you're the God who can raise the life. God, you're the God who is worthy of all our praise and our time. And so, Lord, here we are offering our bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to you, Lord. May there be something in this that, that you want us to hear specifically um, through it. It's your name we pray. Amen. I don't know about you, but in my life I've noticed that there's times when I wander and then there's times when I run. And when I say when I wander, any, any wanderers in the room, and I don't, I don't mean just like wandering about like, you know, wandering as though exploring. I mean wandering of like, God, you know what he wants of you, and you're like, yeah, but I kind of like kind of going my own path. Any wanderers in the room, you don't have to raise your hand, but let me just tell you, we are all wanderers in a lot of ways. But then I also realize that sometimes there's times when I run. Sometimes there's times when, when, when God might speak to me through someone else or God might speak to me as I'm reading through scriptures or there's, you know, that inner voice that you have and you're like, this is what God is calling me to do. And sometimes it can come with absolute clarity. And I'm going to be honest, like maybe, maybe there is something like even as I say that, like, you know, like, you know, this is what God has been calling me towards. This is what the people around me that I love and care about me and, and God is working through them. Then they've told me this. And, and, and yet you're like, but I don't want to do it. 
And, and I don't know what your thing is. Some of it can be relational stuff. Some of it can be like struggle, like sin type of stuff. Some of it could be like forgiveness type of stuff, like, like for, forgiving someone. And they're probably on your mind right now because I think that's sometimes how God works. And you're like, sometimes you wander and you're like, yeah, I'll get to it eventually. And sometimes you run. You're like, I ain't never going there, right? You're like, I am not doing that. Sometimes we wander and sometimes we run. What I love about God He's astounding to me sometimes. It's like no matter how much I wander, no matter how much I run, he doesn't give up. He keeps, he keeps after me in the best way possible. He keeps seeking me. Our, our memory verse, we're going through a series called Bedtime Stories. And we're looking at these interesting stories throughout the Old Testament. And they are kind of some interesting stories. There's some weird stuff going on. There's a skeleton army. There's, there, there's, there's beat, mauled by bears. There's all of this stuff going on. And, and um, the, the one we're in today is fish food. The story of Jonah. Our memory verse as we go through it is Psalm 107, verse 2. And it says this. Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. Those he redeemed from the hand of the foe. In fact, it's going to be, oh, there it is. It's on the screen. We all say that with me. Say it loud. Like, say, 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 it, say it with some, some vigor this morning. Because sometimes you need that on a rainy day. You need a little bit of vigor. I, and so say it with me. Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. Those he redeemed from the hand of the foe. What he's saying is like, there is a God who meets you in your wandering. There's a God who meets you in your mess. There's a God who meets you when you are running the exact opposite direction. When you find yourself in a place that you don't want to be. In a situation that you never really would, would, would have wished for, and there's a God who's there who says, I'm going to redeem you. I'm going to buy you back. I'm going to pull you from the clutches of whatever it is that might be holding you and, and pull you back to myself. He's a father who loves us and cares for us and is inviting us to him. And so that's, that's his message for you this morning. But I know that there's times in our lives when we go the opposite direction, when we do the opposite, opposite things of what God is calling us to do. You probably felt that, right? We tend sometimes to do the opposite of what God might be saying, telling us to do. Sometimes he can, he can be so clear. Sometimes we can know and you're like, well, I don't really know what God wants. Well, he does want you to love other people. And so if there's hatred in your heart, he does want you to forgive other people. And so if there's unforgiveness in your heart, he, he does seek for you to trust him and, and take steps of faith saying, well, I don't exactly know the outcome, but I'm going to walk with God in the outcome. And so uh, sometimes we like to do the opposite or sometimes not like to do, but sometimes we tend to do the opposite of the things that God is calling us to do, particularly because if we don't, I don't know, it's just, I mean, we're human beings for Pete's sakes. It's like we're... We're a little bit stubborn. Any stubborn people in the room? Any stubborn people that, like you dig in your heels and like, I'm, ah, I don't want to do it. So there's a guy named Jonah and he's a prophet of God, which is interesting. Um, he's a prophet of God who is actually being sent to a different nation, which is rare. It's rare when the Old Testament, usually a prophet of God is, is meant to speak God's truth to his people, to, to the nation of Israel. And if he ever does go uh, to other nations, it's, it's to say, hey, um, God's coming after you and you need to get right. Well, that's what exactly Jonah is called to do. God goes to Jonah and he says, Jonah, I want you to go to this people, the Ninevites, and I want you to let them know that they've gone too far. And Jonah doesn't want to do it. In fact, let's read it, and then we'll kind of talk through some of it. It says this, uh, Jonah chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. Now, the word of the Lord came to Jonah. It's interesting how the book of Jonah starts, because it starts with the name of God. Yahweh came to Jonah. The word of the Lord came to Jonah. God's saying something to Jonah. He's speaking to Jonah. Um, it makes me think, okay, where in my life has God spoken to me? Where, where is God saying that? Anyway, I'll keep reading. Um, it came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, and he said to this, Go to the great city of Nineveh. And preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me. 
But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa where he found a ship bound for that port. And after paying the fare, he went aboard and he sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. Sometimes we know exactly what God is calling us to do. Sometimes it can be so clear and there might be clarity in your life right now. You might say like, okay, this is what God's calling me to do. And you're like, but I don't want to do it. Because sometimes that's just the nature of what we go through. Now, a little bit of background to maybe help you understand and maybe sympathize with Jonah a little bit or understand where he's at is like, you'll find in the story of Jonah is that the, 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 the Ninevites, they were brutal. Like they were part of the Assyrian Empire and the Assyrian Empire, they were known for their brutality. And we're talking about their brutality. Like whenever, um, whenever they had went off to war, they got awarded for each severed head they would bring back, which... If you get rewarded for each severed head you come back, then people are going to start collecting heads. And, and I know that's a morbid thing to say, uh, but now imagine that you are, the, in it, you are the, the, the nation who have heard about the defeat of the Assyrians and the, the battlegrounds is all filled with people without heads. When they captured the nobles, the noblemen of another nation, um, they kept them alive, but they cut off their noses, they cut off their ears, they cut off their hands and their feet. And that, that was like, this was, a, this was people who were brutal. They, when, they, when they conquered an area, they burned down everything. They burned down the trees. They got rid of everything. And, and so, so here's Jonah's, God is saying to Jonah, Jonah, I want you to go tell the, the Ninevites um, that, that what they are doing has gone too far. Like they, they're... they're, they're they're in need of some correction, and Jonah doesn't want to go. Why does he want to go? Well, he doesn't want to go because he knows that God has this character flaw, and I say that sarcastically. Jonah knows that God is a forgiving God. Jonah knows that God doesn't give up on people. Jonah knows that no matter how far you might have fallen or how, how misguided or directed, how much you have wandered from God or how much you have run away from God or how much you have, like, like flat out abuse the grace of God. God is a God of grace and mercy. And so Jonah doesn't want to go. And I thought about reasons why we don't want to go. It's like, there's probably a lot of reasons in your life where you, where you don't want to do the thing that you know God is calling you to do. There's probably a lot of reasons. And some of it can be your pride. Like, sometimes I just don't want to do what someone tells me to do. Like, I don't even know why. It could be the right thing. Have you ever had that moment? Like, it was the right thing. And you're like, I just don't want to do it because someone told me to do it. Like, I have been in those moments. Like, don't tell me what to do. I am, the, I am, I am my own man. And so just, I'm going to make up my own decisions. So that might be some reason. Sometimes we don't do what God tells us to do because of anger. God, I do not want that person to be released from my wrath. God, I do not want that person to be released from my forgiveness. I, I want them to get whatever it is I can dish out to them. I want them to, to feel like the, the, the greatest thing they can feel because of what they've done. Like we, can, we can not want to go. We can disobey God because, because we have this anger. Sometimes it, can be, sometimes it can be guilt or shame. I'm not saying this was Jonah's case, but I know that sometimes there might be things that God is calling you to, things that he might be rising you up to. Like, um, and you think about the ways in which God places God puts us, whether it be as a, a mom or a dad or a husband or a wife, and they're calling you this, and you're like, there can be guilt or shame in your life. And like, I don't know if I'm, if I'm sufficient for the things that God is calling me into. If you read through scripture, you'll find a lot of biblical characters who have that struggle. It's like, who am I? I can't do this. And so you got to kind of get past some of that. So there's a lot of reasons why we don't go. And so... The word of the Lord came to Jonah, and he says to Jonah, Jonah, I want you to go to the Ninevites, the great city. 
And I want you to let them know that they need to stop what they're doing and bring a message of correction. But what Jonah does is he does what I've found myself doing sometimes. It's like, yeah, I'm going to go the other way. And maybe that's you right now. Maybe you're going the other way. And what's interesting about us is like we always know when we're going the other way. We always know when we're running, right? Like you know when you're running. And sometimes it takes this moment to kind of wake up. It says, Jonah got on a ship. He said he paid his fare, which I thought was interesting. He's going to hop on a ship and pay his fare and go 3,000 miles in the other direction. Now, there's one thing about saying, God, I'm not going to do what you want to do. There's another thing about saying, I'm going to go as far as I possibly can. Now, if you do the map right there, and if you see, uh, Jonah's somewhere around where it says 550 miles. That's about where, where, where Jerusalem or Israel was. And he's, first he goes down to Joppa. And if you watch the story of Jonah, everything keeps going down. We'll see that in a second. But um, he, he, instead of going to Nineveh, he decides that he's going to go to Tarshish. So he, he goes about 3,000 miles away from what God is calling him to do. Now, maybe, what is your 3,000 miles? Like, where, where are you? Like, God was, said something very clear, something that you're like, I, I think this is what God is calling me to. And you're like, no, I'm going to go the complete and utter other direction. And I thought about how when we do this, when we decide that we're not going to do the things that God calls us to do, and we're going to jump on a boat, there's this little line in there. It messed with me a little bit. Because there's some subtle lines in scripture. He says, so he, he bought his own fare. He paid, he paid for his own fare. And I thought about moments in our life where we make decisions contrary to God's will. And we, we, we pay the price. But it's not really a good price. In fact, it's not really a good exchange. Like sometimes we exchange um, the grace of God. God wants to show grace to people. God says you are, no person is ever so far. And so God says, I want you to be a messenger of my grace, Jonah. And at first it's going to look like judgment. It's going to look like correction. But may you know that God's judgment always is leading towards correction. God's judgment is never punitive. It's always redemptive. It's always to, to bring us back. And so um, sometimes we exchange grace for, for grudge. It's like, no, I'm going to hold a grudge. God is saying, I want, you to, I, I want grace to flow through you to other people. And you're like, nope, I want to have a grudge. And, and the price of a grudge is a rather high price. If you're in a grudge right now, there's a high price to it, right? There's a high price. Like, like you could forgive someone or you could be angry with them for the next 15 years. And, and there, you could say, well, I don't really want to do that price. Like, I, I, but, but sometimes we're like, we, 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 we willingly make this exchange and say, nope, I'm going to hold this grudge instead of give grace. So Jonah exchanges grace for, for grudges. Sometimes we exchange hope for despair. Sometimes we say, ah, there's no hope for the Ninevites. Ah, there's no hope for that person. There's no hope for him. There's no hope for her. I, I, like, it, it, it's all lost. And that sometimes can happen in our world. Like we, we can exchange. God is saying, no, I want you to be hope to the world. And you're like, well, the world, the world is bad. The world is a bad place. And God's saying, no, I want you to be hope to the world. And so what can happen is we can make this exchange and we can pay the fare and say, no, I'm going to walk down the, 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 the ways of despair. They're just going to be the way in which I'm going to walk. And, and it's a high price. Why would you ever pay that price? And yet we do every day, don't we? Like we, we sometimes pay that price of, oh, no, I'm going to choose despair over hope. Sometimes we exchange uh, joy for misery. I think God's always inviting us into joy. And that doesn't mean everything's going to work out the way he wants, that we want it to work out. But I know living in misery is a horrible price. 
It's a horrible thing to pay. As Jonah just keeps running in the wrong direction, and last, last of the exchanges, that sometimes we exchange love for hate. Here at One Church, we have this prayer. It's, Lord, please give me one person to share your love with. And I think it's this reminder. It's like God wants to love people through you, through you, through your life, through you, who you are, no matter who you are, through your life, God wants to share his love with other people through you. And so we pray, Lord, love people through me. And maybe there's someone in your life that love is not there. It, and maybe there's, there's people or people groups that it's, it's a stronger sense of hate or, or dislike rather than a message of love. And it's a high price to pay to hate. It's a high price because I don't know if you've ever hated something or been mad at something. Like it just stays in your mind. It's, sometimes when you're mad at a person, it's like all you can think about, right? It just it consumes your day. It's like this is a high price. So Jonah gets on a boat. He says, no, I'm going to pay the fare. I'm going to go the other direction of what God is calling me to do. And some of us are on that journey. And he's saying... Jonah's saying, God, I'm, 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 I don't want to do it. And is there things in my life or times in my life where God is saying, this is what I want you to do? And I say, God, I don't, I don't want to do it. And if I had to ask you, like if we were having just a conversation with each other, and if I had to say, what's the one thing that God is calling you to and you don't want to do? You're like, oh, I don't want to do it. And there's, something, there's a price that's paid to that. I trust God. I trust the character of God, and I believe he's always after our best. And so I think the things that he calls us to, even if we don't like them, they're, they're meant to bring us life. And when we don't, we exchange something that happens. What you'll find is, is, is that when we're not walking in obedience to God, what will happen is that running from God will eventually start to harm people. It'll kind of this collateral damage to our problems in our character. It's like Jonah gets on the boat, Jonah gets on a boat and all the things start to go crazy. It's interesting that Jonah will, Jonah will use the sea to try to get away from God. He'll, he'll use a boat to try to get away from God. And, and, and God will use those exact same things to bring Jonah back. So this is what happens. You'll start to find, like, and you've, you, you've experienced this, right? You've experienced that when you are disobeying God, it has an effect not just upon you but on other people. Like when God is saying, this is who I want you to be, and you're like, ah, I don't want to be that. I want to do my own thing. When, when you exchange, when God's saying, I want you to forgive, and I want you to love, and I want you to step into joy, and I want you to step into hope and not in despair, you're like, yeah, I don't really want to do that. You, you, we don't, we're not always aware. We always think, well, it's just me. If I want to live a miserable, unforgiving life, then what's it going to matter? And I will say, well, it will matter to the people around you. It will matter to the people around you. Um, they, they will be the... the second. They will feel the second-hand storm that is going on because... A, 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 Jonah will get on the boat, and a storm will come, and it'll hit not just Jonah, but it'll affect the sailors as well. So who's in your boat? Who's in your boat with you right now? Then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea, and such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. All the sailors, they were afraid, and each one cried out to his own God, and they threw the cargo into the sea to lighten the load. But Jonah, Jonah had gone below deck where he laid down and fell into a deep sleep. The captain went to him and said, how can you sleep? Get up, call on your God. Maybe he will take notice of us so that we will not perish. Then the sailors said to each other, come, let us cast lots. Let us figure out who is responsible for this calamity. And so they cast lots and the lot fell on Jonah. That's like, uh-oh, it's on me. And uh, so they asked him, tell us, who is responsible for making all this trouble for us? What kind of work do you do? What do you come, where do you come from? What is your country? From what people are you? And I'm like, where are all these questions? Like, and he answered them, I am a Hebrew. I worship the Lord, 
the Lord I worship, he is the God of heaven. He's the one who made the sea. He's the one who made the dry land. Remember, the gods that they're crying after, they're crying after, they had different gods. They, they worshiped like the god of the sea, or they worshiped the god of the land, or they worshiped the god of the wind. They worshiped all the gods of these things. And what, what, what Jonah is saying, oh yeah, my god is the god of all of those. This terrified them. And they asked him, what have you done? They knew he was running away from the Lord because he had already told them so. The sea was getting rougher and rougher. So they asked him, what should we do? What should we do to you make, to make the sea calm down for us? Pick me up. Throw me into the sea, he replied, and it will be calm, become calm. I know that it is my fault that this great storm has come upon you. It's such an interesting story. Whenever we've been going through these bedtime stories, I think there's, and sometimes you can look at them and say, well, that's a silly story. What in the world is, what in the world is going on here? And I think they are here because they, God is teaching us something through them. I, I, what I was going to say is when, when you start watching or reading or listening to these stories, I picture like grandparents and, and great-grandparents telling their kids the story of, of Jonah. And the kid's trying to figure out what in the world is going on here and, and what is the lesson that can be learned in the midst of it. Well, when we, when we walk away from God, it harms people. Running away from God harms people, not doing the things that God says. If you, if you look at it, it starts to affect the people around us. And so a big storm comes upon the sea, or it says actually God sent a storm upon the sea and the boat starts working against them. It says the boat th threatened to, to break up. And isn't it interesting? The sailors are up top. Like they're trying to figure out what in the world is going on. Have you ever noticed that in your own life? Like people are trying to figure out what in the, what in the world is, what is the world? Why, why is this storm here? I also think it's interesting. So they're throwing, over the, they're, they're throwing all the, the cargo overboard. They're trying to keep the, the ship afloat. And where's Jonah all, al all along the way? Well, Jonah, it's, not, it's very interesting. I don't know if I figured this all the way out. But, but, but Jonah is sleeping at the bottom of the boat. I, don't know what to, I honestly don't know what to make of that. Only thing I can make of it is like he's given up. It's like I, I, I'm running away from God. I don't want to do what he says. I don't even know if I care if it affects the people around me. Storms or no storms, I, I guess all I'm going to do is just go to sleep in the bottom of this boat. And the captain comes down and is like, Jonah, what are you doing? Why are you sleeping? We, we're all praying. Why don't you pray with us? And so they cast lots and they find out that Jonah is the one that's been causing all of this. And they're like, what do we do? And Jonah's like, well, you got to throw me overboard. You know what I find interesting about the story of Jonah? Jonah is called to a people who have been told by God to do something and they don't want to do it. Jonah is on the boat who had been told by God to do something and he wasn't, doesn't want to do it. There's a group of sailors who don't know God and, and Jonah is the problem who's doing what God had, not doing what God had called them to do and instead of throwing him overboard, they don't really want to throw him overboard. If you watch the story, they don't want to throw him overboard. They don't want to do it. And I thought about how these sailors are showing more grace than Jonah is. 
I thought about how Jonah isn't really all that different than the Ninevites. In the same way, like the people that you don't like or the people that, are mad, that you're mad at right now or the people that you don't want to forgive, like you really, we really are not all that different from them. We, we do the same things in some, some capacity, like for all of sin and fall short of the glory of God. And so running from God harms people. Who does it harm? Well, it, it harms ourselves. Because the truth is, no one wants to live in misery. No one wants to live in hatred. No one really, it's never going to bring you life. It harms the people around us. Because the storms start to affect, start to affect everybody. And then you know, they, they harm the people that we're actually sent to. Like, Jonah's like, I don't, I don't want to go there. And so all of a sudden, God says, no, I want them to know my love. And there's someone in your life that God says, no, I want them to know my love. I want them to know my forgiveness. And how else are they going to know it? Except if it, if it doesn't come through another human being. If, if Sometimes I think how God works is that when we find the forgiveness in other people, we start to say, okay, then I see the forgiveness of God in others. That's what harms people. And so they throw Jonah overboard. But then you'll start to see that repentance, turning, turning your way of thinking, turning your mind can, can start to change everything. Whenever I heard the story of Jonah, whenever I heard the story of Jonah, I always thought the fish was a punishment. And I don't know why. It's just like, who, whoever wants to end up in the belly of a fish? I always thought that was some type of punishment. But what I started to realize is, no, this is the grace of God. If you watch the story of Jonah, he keeps going down. Down, 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 down to Joppa, down to, over to Tarshish. But it's used the word down, down to the bottom of the ship. They will throw him overboard. He'll go down into the water. And there's this, this downward spiral. Have you ever been on a downward spiral? And what God does is he meets him in the downward spiral. He provides a fish to swallow Jonah up. And you're like, well, I don't really want to end up in the belly of a fish. Well, it's probably better than any other alternative that, that God would step in and, and bring, meet you in your depths, grab you in the, in, in the mouth of a fish and pull you back up. That's the story. And here's what starts to happen inside the belly of a fish. Now, the Lord provided a huge fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Now, from inside the fish, Jonah prayed. What else are you going to do? Have you ever noticed that? It's often in those darkest moments when everything is ripped away where you start to say, well, maybe this wasn't, <laughs> maybe this wasn't the best choice. And so I don't exactly, I, I don't pretend to know everything that was going on in Jonah's mind in the belly of a fish near the bottom of the sea. But this is what he says. From the inside of the fish, Jonah prayed to the Lord and his, his God. He said, in my distress, I called out to the Lord, and he answered me. Can I tell you, that sentence right there is the grace of God. I don't care how bad the belly of the fish you might be in right now or how deep. The presence of God is right there with you. From deep in the realm of the dead, I called out for help, and you listened to my cry. You hurled me into the depths, into the very heart of the seas. Some might think that's the punishment of God. Sometimes I think it's the grace of God. There's been a phrase in my heart for a long time now. It's, sometimes it's the grace of God that breaks us. Sometimes it's the grace of God that 
sends the storms. Does he send every storm? No, I don't think so. But do storms come? Do we find ourselves in the belly of fish at moments so that we can start to realize, oh, the path I'm on is perhaps not the best? The currents whirled about me, and all your waves and breakers, they swept over me. And I said, I have been banished from your sight. Yet I will look again on your holy temple. That's an interesting part of the prayer. Yet I will look again on your holy temple. It's like, Jonah, here, here's, here's what I know about Jonah. Jonah knows the grace of God. He doesn't always like it. He always wants it, but he doesn't want it for others. He knows the grace of God. He says, yet I will look again on your holy temple. The engulfing waters threatened me. The deep sea surrounded me. Seaweed was wrapped around my head. To the roots of the mountains I sank down. The earth beneath me was uh, barred me in forever. But you, you, Lord my God, you brought my life up from the pit. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord, and my prayer rose to you, to your holy temple. Those who cling to worthless idols, they turn away from the God who loves them. But I, I with shouts of grateful praise, will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will make good. I will say, salvation comes from the Lord. And the Lord commanded the fish, and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. What a story. Repentance can change everything. The moment when we say, God, oh man, I've messed up, but I trust that you're with me in the mess. We're able to say, God, I've been going the wrong direction, but Lord, I know that you'll meet me in the wrong direction. Maybe you don't know that, and I will say he will meet you in the midst of that wrong direction. Repentance can change a lot. What's interesting about Jonah, which is very intriguing to me, and Jonah will then stubbornly go through Nineveh. What you'll notice is Jonah doesn't necessarily feel it. He gets, he's kind of mad. He kind of, he's like, okay, God, if you'll do this, after he's delivered from the fish, he's like, okay, God, if you want me to do this, I'll, I'll walk through. So he walks, starts walking through Nineveh. And Jonah has the shortest prophetic statement in, uh, of any prophet. This is, this is Jonah's message. You can see how much love and mercy is behind it. He says, 40 more days and Nineveh will be overthrown. Forty more days, and Nineveh will be overthrown. That's all, he, that's all we know that he says. Forty days, and Nineveh will be overthrown. Something strange starts to happen. The king of the Ninevites hears it. And he calls all the people to repent. He even calls the animals to, to be dressed in sackcloth, which I thought was interesting. I was reading that this morning. It says he, he asked the people to cover themselves in sackcloth, which cloth was like to show that you were in mourning and, and, and to, to bring your prayers before God. And the king of the Ninevites, he says, we got to do this. we got to do this. And the whole city of Nineveh, at, at least... It, it, the, the large majority, it says they, they, they repented. They, they changed their minds. And here's what's interesting about the story of Jonah. He's mad. You can go read the rest of the story. He's like, God, I knew you would forgive these people. I knew you would do this. And it made me think about feelings. I don't like how Jonah responded. But I do notice something about feelings. There are some times when God calls you to do things and you don't feel like doing it. There are sometimes there, there are things that God is calling you to and, and you, don't, you don't feel like forgiving someone. You don't feel like loving someone. You don't feel like it. And, and yet obedience sometimes is saying, no, I'm going to do this because this is what God has called me to.
when I look at the story of Jonah, you start to realize it really is a story of grace. It really is a story of the mercy of God. In fact, Jonah knew the mercy and grace of God, which is what I think really troubled him about his calling. But man, we all need it. So you come over to the New Testament and you start to find that in our lives, like, we've all run away. We've all wandered. And a lot of ways, like, we, 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 we probably rightly should have recognized that we should have been thrown overboard a long time ago and we found ourselves sunk. But God entered into our world in the person of Jesus Christ. And he gobbled us up. I didn't mean to say that. That's a weird way to say it. But the grace of God gobbled us up. And he pulled us back to the shore. He says, I, I've not come to cause your death. I've come to bring you life. And so every Sunday we celebrate this moment of communion where we celebrate the God who jumped in the water. It's interesting, it says when Jonah got on the ship, he paid for the ship. He paid for his own demise. But then it's that same word when God provided the fish. It was something that God was doing. In communion, there's this phrase in the scriptures, the scripture that says, for the wages of sin, what, what sin buys is death. But the gift of God is life. And so every time we, we take this, we, we're acknowledging the grace of God. And the grace of God is for you. The grace of God is for you right now at this very moment. And the grace of God is for the people that God is sending you to. And so we get to be ambassadors of grace. And sometimes we will feel it. And we're called to obey. And sometimes we will not feel it. And we are called to obey. Because we get to share. We are called to share the, the grace. We get to share the grace that's been shown to us. And so we take to our king. Jesus said, this is my blood that's been poured out for you. Whenever you do this, do this in remembrance of me. We take to our king. Would you all stand with me? I am sure that somewhere in your life you've wandered. And I'm, if you're like me, there's someone in your somewhere in your life that you've run. And there's probably something that you're wandering from or running from right now. Um, but you'd like prayer. You're willing to change your mind. You're willing to let the grace of God start to change your mind as you perhaps are in the belly of that fish. If there's any way that we can be praying for you, I will be down in front and um, Elizabeth would be over here. Lori will be in the back. And if today's the day like you want to be baptized into Jesus, there's water here. There's no reason to, to wait, to give your life to him and say, God, I'm yours. And I want to receive the grace that you've been given because what I've been paying is not bringing me back what I'm looking for. And so, God, I want to receive the gift that you have. The way that you can do that is by giving your life to him and receiving the gift that's his. We all pray with me. Father God, I thank you for today, and I thank you for your grace that shows up. Lord, I thank you that no matter how, depth, how deep, whatever depths might cover us or surround us, Lord, that... We cannot flee from your spirit that you are with us, Lord. May, there, may everyone in this room right know that you are present, know that you are present with them. And Lord, there's, there's some probably here that don't want to do what you're asking them to do, what you're commissioning them to do for their good, for our good. 
because we're afraid or because we're prideful or because we're stubborn or all of the above, because we're guilty or whatever, whatever shame we might carry, Lord. There's things that hold us back from the life that you're calling us towards. Lord, I pray that before we uh, jump on that ship and start going the other direction, Lord, before storms come or we have to be swallowed by fish, Lord, I pray that we might be able to make the decision now to change our thinking, to change our mind, to listen and trust that, that you are after our best and that we might follow. Thank you for Jesus that we get to, to walk and live in his grace. It's your name we pray. Amen. draw our hearts and minds to him, so prepare yourself to receive.
our sins. Nobody but Jesus.